This is Roger Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, sponsored by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Testing of IndyCar's hybrid assist unit is well underway, and Pit Pass Indy was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway several weeks ago to check in on the progress of the unit that is scheduled to be deployed on all cars in 2024. The hybrid assist unit will store up electrical energy that drivers can utilize to boost the horsepower on the engine. On today's Pit Pass Indy, we talked to three of the top drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series to get their thoughts on the hybrid assist unit and other topics in IndyCar. First up is Colton Hurd of Andretti Global, who walks us through the hybrid assist project for Pit Pass Indy. We're not really into the more aggressive settings, um, so it's hard to say. But um, yeah, I mean, you can feel it. You can feel it working for sure. Uh, what's the paddles like to regenerate the system on a oval? I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You're just pulling the paddle. It, obviously um, pull speed out of the car to regen it, um, and then therefore you can deploy it again. How often do you need to regenerate? Depends on how aggressive the settings are for, for regen and, and whatnot. Um, and we're still working with finding the most efficient way of using it um, and where to use it. So it's, it's not really sure at the moment. So when you deploy it, does it throw you back in the seat, or is it more no, solid? No, I mean it's it's less than push to push to pass, so it's it's not as big of a of a difference as that. You feel it for sure, um, and it does make a difference. But it's it's not like you're adding 400 horsepower as soon as you push the button. No. Yeah, it it pulls you um, pulls you back for sure. It feels like you're kind of dragging a little bit of brake. Um, so that's <clears throat> what it's doing, right? It's just cutting a little bit of power to re refill the battery um, and. Yeah, I mean, ideally in the race, right, you would use it to create gaps going into the corner so you're not entering the corner right before somebody and you use that instead of lifting. Um, but it would be a combination of both because the regen isn't powerful enough to just really pull you back and really slow the car down. Um, so it'll be a mixture of, of both lifting and, and using the regen to kind of set your gaps and then most likely deploying, kind of like push the pass at the exits of the corner to get runs. Um, although it could be used in the short shoots and whatnot to get a little bit closer, um, you could play with it a little bit. I mean, it, it can change balance of the race car too, depending on how much regen. We haven't felt that at, at a place like this yet, just because we haven't kicked it up really aggressively. But um, so there's a lot of different things that can change uh, the way the race goes. And 
the way that you can control the race also. When IndyCar has projects like this in the off season, is it rejuvenate the drivers because it gives you a project to work on as opposed to private team testing, which is very limited? Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be doing anything right now, right? Maybe have a couple of sim days and, and no on-track days at the till the next year. So it is nice that we kind of get this and we get to understand it a little bit more and very fortunate that that be part of the Honda teams that, that got to be part of this um, kind of early testing with it. And is there a reason why you're not testing on Friday? Um, well, I think the team just decided it's best to kind of split the days so both so we can get everybody can get the most amount of, of days. Um, I think it equals even days for me, Kyle and and Marcus, um, especially at a place where where we're going to race. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be upset if one guy got to run both days at a place that we have to race rather than if two if you get two days at Sebring you're not really losing much from a driver's side of things. But if you're, if you're getting hosed out of an extra day at, at Indy, you know, could make a difference. I mean, we, we try to learn as much as we can, but it's still unclear exactly how the system's going to work. That's going to be a decision that the engine manufacturers and, and uh, IndyCar will make, um, whether it's an automatic deploy or, or not. Um, so that'll change what, what we do a lot. Um, me personally, I would love to see it be more in the driver's hands because um, it could be more of a difference maker. Um, and, you know, like I said before, like we're just kind of getting into it on the oval stuff. And this is my first day with it on an oval. So um, not really sure what to expect. But for the road course, for sure, there's things that, that you can do to, to kind of change the fate of the race or how much lap time you can get out of it each lap. With the extra weight on the car, with the aero screen, and now with the hybrid assist device, are you getting a net gain in horsepower, or is it just getting the horsepower back to what it was without those two? I think it's a net gain in horsepower. Um, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of unclear. Um, I mean, horsepower is horsepower. Weight can lower, it won't lower the actual horsepower number, but it'll lower how fast you can go your top speed and whatnot so as far as that yeah we we're pushing out more horsepower but um yeah it adds weight and so it's it's still kind of unclear to me on if it's going to be a quicker car or a slower car um especially early on before we really know how to take advantage of it it's obviously slower right now but we still got a lot of work to do with it because we we rebalance it right so it's the same as when when we added the aero screen, right, it moved 75 pounds of weight forward and, and higher um, and in and, turn and made the cars a little bit slower. But we found ways to kind of get around that and, and make the cars fast again. So it obviously right now the performance isn't there, but we still need to have some time with it. And do you expect uh, any type of supply chain issues? I know we're five, six months away from the start of the season, but, you know, anytime there's a new project, whether it be the aero screen or different parts on the car, there's always getting the supply chain up to speed so that everybody has the equal amount of parts. Are you confident that that will not be an issue? I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's probably a better, better question for, for IndyCar or Honda. I don't really know where they're at. Um, you know, I think, I, I don't really know where they're at, so I have no clue. And also, as far as Andretti Autosport in 2024, as of now, it's a three-car team with the addition of Marcus Erickson. Uh, how do things look? It seems like the uh, the atmosphere and the mood seems to be a lot better and that uh, Marcus is all anxious to, um, you know, be a really good teammate with you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I like Marcus. I've enjoyed racing with him. He's been very fair to me in the past. So um, just as a person, he seems really nice as well. Good guy. Um, so, well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know, this is my first... This is his first time driving with Andretti. Will be tomorrow, so he hasn't done any testing or any sim days or anything prior. So this would be his first time actually with the team. So it'd be interesting to see what what he sounds like on the radio. I'll be here tomorrow too, so I'll be able to see what what's going on with uh, with him and kind of gauge it off that. But obviously, he's done well here in the past. He has an Indy 500 win. He's done well at a lot of places. So um, we are excited to have him for sure. Herda explains his thoughts on the special non points race at the Thermal Club in March that will pay the winner $1 million. Also, his first experience next Labor Day weekend at the Milwaukee Mile. It's, uh, it's cool to add more races. You know, I wish they were for points, um, but it's nice to win money at least if you're not going to give us points and give us money. <laughs> I'm sure your dad's got some good Milwaukee stories because he raced there plenty of time. He would have raced there a few times. Um, yeah. So it looks cool. It's a cool oval. Um, just looking at it and, you know, it's uh, it's up to the fans now. You know, they really wanted this place here. Now now we've got it. They need to keep it there. So I'm hoping that, that everybody can kind of come together and come to this race and, and make it a good thing because everything I've heard about the place is it's awesome to drive. So I hope we get to stay there for a while. From a championship standpoint, do you like the fact that there's going to be a lot of ovals in the second half of the season leading into the series finale? Definitely be interesting. Like we're in a point in IndyCar where, you know, ovals haven't been like a huge primary focus and it's going to turn into it at the end of the year when it's kind of crunch time. Um, so yeah, it, it will be cool. I, I like the addition. Obviously it sucks that we lost Texas, but you know, we gained another oval, which is nice. And, um, you know, I'm sure IndyCar is working on that to get that back. And finally, her to explain one of the more interesting things he has done in the off season. I, uh, I became a carny for two days. I worked at a, I worked in an elephant ear booth at uh, Tossfield, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, it was good. I, uh, I worked 27 hours and I made $400. And it was uh, really, I've never had a job before. So it was, um, never got to work at Subway or Taco Bell or anything. Not to me, no. Um, and so it was, it was interesting making $16 an hour and working. Uh, it's what my girlfriend's family does. They don't do that, but her family's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but they're, car, there's car, they're carnies, basically. After making that many elephant ears, I'm sure the last thing you want is something that's fried dough. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's so hard to make elephant ears, too. I don't know if you guys have tried. But I couldn't make a circle to save my life. Always making damn rectangles the whole time. I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Two days, 25 hours, couldn't figure it out. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. 
In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or... For household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Newgarden, winner of the 107th Indianapolis 500, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Alex Pillow scored his second NTT IndyCar Series championship in 2023, but he was back on the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in October to participate in hybrid assist testing. Pillow and his wife Esther are expecting the couple's first child later in November, close to the Thanksgiving holiday. Let's catch up with the two-time IndyCar Series champion with this Pit Pass Indy interview. So, Alex, hello. Your thoughts of the hybrid assist testing, and how does it feel to you? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Lots of work since I first got in at uh, was Gateway. I did Barber, and then this. Um, this morning we couldn't really try much. It was just more getting everything ready. But um, I was a bit doubting a bit at the beginning. Um, I start to think that it might be uh, good enough for passing and making the racing uh, even a little bit better, especially on traffic here at AMS. Pelot was asked if he noticed any difference in the hybrid between testing on the road course at Barber Motorsports Park and the big oval at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. No, so it's more like how we regen and how we deploy. Um, when Let's say when we are not using it, it doesn't really feel much difference. And actually at Barber, for example, the car balance mechanically felt different. Like it felt a bit tougher. It was the steering wheel was really heavy. Newgarden said the same thing. Um, here, it didn't make a difference. Like if you're not using it, you don't even know if you have a like that added weight or stuff like that. So it didn't change. Um, and then uh, the only issue I saw this morning is that obviously when you recharge alone uh, on clean air, like you lose a lot of speed. You gain it back, but let's say that if I recharge here, I'm losing a ton. Um, and then I gain it back there. But um, when you're in traffic that we normally like start, let's say, coasting from like straight, like the start finish line, I think it's a moment where you recharge 
and hopefully if you're third, you can still overtake to the second that it's not recharging and stuff like that. So we need to see in traffic, it might change. Um, but um, I think it's, it's actually going to be better here at IMS than in other places. Does it make timing that much critical? Um, yeah, I think the timing is still going to be really critical. Like we don't get a huge jump and I think you cannot get a huge jump. Otherwise it would be actually like a bit dangerous when you like yeah. get a big, big difference. But, um, but timing is still going to be, I think, more important probably than, than having the, the, the push to pass or the like deploying the hybrid system. Palo discussed if the regeneration system on the hybrid will be automatic or manual. That's uh, not how I left Barber. So when I left Barber, we were like, we were doing everything. Like, I think we are at the stage that we're trying to do automatic everything, manual everything, automatic deployment, but uh, manual region. So I think we're experiencing, as far as I know, we still don't have like the formula that works best. Um, I prefer if we can have, I think the best in my mind to what we tried is to have a, a, an automatic really low region so at least the balance of the car it, it, it's consistent um, but then to have like a big add up that you can say okay I'm gonna region this lap or these couple of corners so I can deploy here so just to have like something to the driver that we can make a difference and I think it's what IndyCar wants um, I, I don't know if maybe changes now or do you like these project years in the off season where you have a project to work on such as a couple of years ago with the aero screen and now with the hybrid assist unit because it allows you extra time on the racetrack oh yeah i love it um i've been in the car three times already since uh, we finished the season otherwise i would have been just at home playing simulator or uh, just with the family, which I love, but I, I still can do that, those kind of stuff, but still be at the track and, and just be uh, with the car. So, yeah, I love it. But you have a nursery to set up, so there's probably know, some projects to do at home. Yeah, which has, it's been a bit much um, because I went back to Spain to prepare as much as I could and then here for this week um, and then I'm back there and hopefully I can uh, advance as much as I can. But I think it's more myself than preparing stuff. What is it? A month or six weeks? It's what? Is it a month or six weeks before the due date? I hope it's six weeks. I hope. Just so I can get those two more weeks of sleep. And yeah, yeah, I hope. It, it's planned into in six weeks, but uh, who knows? Hopefully it's six or seven. Polo explained what he thinks the most significant element will be when next season rolls around and IndyCar starts to use the hybrid assist. Oh, I mean, it's a complete different thing. Like, it doesn't look that, like that from the outside, um, but it's actually a lot of things that we're implementing. And it's a lot of things that the driver needs to think and stuff. Like, now, I never had to think about regening at IMS. It's already a lot of work by trying to be on track, weight jacker, bars, and now you need to regen and deploy, and, and you still have the weight jacker and bars and your normal driving. So it's a lot of stuff that we're adding which um, hopefully it's not too much. Um, at the moment, I feel good. Let's see with, with traffic if it gets too much. But um, I think it's super exciting, even for the teams, for the drivers especially, that we get more stuff to play with and new things are always, always fun. There is no push to pass at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but will the hybrid assist in a way 
be the push to pass device in some ways. Yeah, I think that's the idea. And honestly, it's what I'm looking forward to this afternoon because I think it's it can play a big role because if you're leading, let's say, um, you cannot regen. As soon as you regen, you're going to get passed. Um, if you're second, you can regen a bit, but not too much. So the third doesn't overtake you. And the third that normally these past two years, it's sit and that and it's just waiting you can regen aggressively and hopefully deploy aggressively as well and hopefully overtake and be from third to second and then be have more movement, which is what we want, I think. We want to be able to be in the pack and overtake slowly, like one by one, um, and have more chances, um, which I think we will be able to get that. Let's see this afternoon, but I think I think so. Marcus Erickson made a big move in the offseason when the 2022 Indianapolis 500 winner departed Chip Ganassi Racing and joined Andretti Global. Pit Pass Indy was there when Erickson drove the Andretti car for the first time during the hybrid assist test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in October. Let's catch up with Marcus Erickson. Erickson was wearing an all-black uniform without a sponsor. The 2022 Indianapolis 500 winner was asked when he will have his sponsorship settled for 2024. Uh, I don't know about that yet. I think that's not nothing decided there. So I, I don't know how the car is going to look yet, but um, yeah, we'll figure that out in, 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 in a couple of months. Erickson's previous team at Chip Ganassi Racing is located just around the corner from Andretti Global's race shop on the northwest side of Indianapolis. He was asked about the convenience factor of his former team with his current team. Uh, yeah, it was close enough to Ganassi, so, you know, it's only a street away. So, um, but I just started, you know, going this week, so it's, it's all very new. But uh, the team has welcomed me super well, and, you know, everyone is, is really nice and very excited. So it feels like there's a lot of uh, optimism in, in the organization and, you know, they have a lot of things going now and a lot of big ambitions and, you know, the potential is really big, I think, in the team. So, uh, yeah, so far it's been, it's been really good. On a new team, Ericsson was asked if he will be involved in some additional testing so that he can quickly adapt to the new team at Andretti Global. So I think the plan is to do a few more tests here before the new year, but it's still a bit up in the air because of all the stuff with the hybrid and, you know, it's, it's all the manufacturers and IndyCar, I think, is sort of deciding how every test is going. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm available. <laughs> so, so I'm hoping to be in the car as much as I can. So that's basically what I've said to the team, you know, that I'll, I'll be around and I'm ready to drive whenever you need. So, yeah, hopefully I'll be in the car a few more times before, before the new year. Who is your engineer, your crew chief, those guys? Are you working with Josh or do you have other guys that have they decided yet who your crew is? So Olivier is, uh, is who I'm working with as an engineer. Uh, I think the rest is still a bit up in there. Obviously, Josh is, is here today. And um, yeah, but, but yeah, as far as I know, I only really know Olivier is going to be like my engineer. The rest is, uh, I think, is still uh, in the sort of process of deciding how they're going to put the, the, the whole team together. And also with the, uh, after being at Ganassi for as long as you are, what do you think of the team dynamic at Andretti? Where it really seems like there's a lot of camaraderie probably for right now amongst you and your fellow drivers. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, it's, you know, I just started this week, so it's, it's still very new, but it's, you know, it's a similar feeling within the team. I think uh, 
uh, straight away, you know, it's it's easy going. You know, you go into the shop and everyone is, uh, you know, it's it's just easy to get get into the group. And uh, that was the sort of same feeling I had at Ganassi when I went over there. So I don't think it's much different so far that I've seen. So it seems to be a great group of, of people that uh, I, you know, I get to work with. Plus, your IndyCar career is far different than the last time you joined a new team at Ganassi. When you look at uh, what you were able to accomplish there and what you may be able to accomplish with Andretti. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You know, when I came to Ganassi, I think there wasn't maybe as much excitement in the building. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't really shown what I can do. And then now, you know, coming from uh, being a 500 winner and then, you know, winning multiple races, I think, you know, you can definitely feel that excitement from from the organization and the team uh, for me to get there. And, you know, I'm excited to get get going and get working. I think, like I said, the potential is really big in the team and they are ready to to really push hard to, to you know, be at the top. So I'm excited to be part of that uh, yeah, journey that we're going to do together. So you come from a Formula One background as Andretti Global moves toward a Formula One team. Can you help guide him through, give your advice on some of the things uh, to get through that process? I don't really think so. I think, you know, it's, it's been a while since I was there and, and, you know, all the conversations I've had with Michael and, and Dan and all them, it's, it's only been IndyCar focused. So uh, that's sort of where I'm focused on. But of course, if they need my help in any shape or form for the Formula One stuff, uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Ericsson was among several drivers that took part in a test with IndyCar's new hybrid assist device. He was asked if he noticed any substantial changes. Uh, no, I think, you know, the car itself, uh, you don't really feel a huge difference. Obviously, it's a bit more busy on the steering wheel. I think that's going to be the biggest thing that, you know, on an oval, you have the weight jacker, you have the front and rear bar, and now you have the region and deploy as well. So it's uh, it's getting busy on the, on the, in the cockpits. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then we're still working on, you know, different things with, you know, how much region, how much deploy and all that is still a process that we're going through. But uh, I think it's exciting. It's exciting for the series. It's, uh, you know, it's a really cool new feature that we're going to have. And I'm hoping it's going to be a, a way where you can, as a driver, be, you know, smarter than your competitors and, and do it better than your competitors. And, you know, that for me excites me with the whole system that it's, as it seems, going to be quite manual. And, and that I think will be really cool. We've been doing a bit of everything, so I think we're still in a sort of testing process where we're trying different things, and for the manufacturers as well, they want to try different, you know, strategies and different ways of doing this. So I think uh, I think that's good, and it's you know, uh, I have some experience from F1 when when we introduced that was, uh, you know, my first year in F1 was when they introduced the hybrid there. So it sort of reminds me a bit of those days where you sort of try different things, and it's a bit of an experiment, but uh, yeah, it, it worked well so far. Ericsson had to balance the test between adapting to his new team and testing the hybrid assist device for Honda and IndyCar. He explained how he did that. Yeah, I think, you know, first off, it was just for me to get, get comfortable in the car and, and get a read on the car. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt happy with that pretty much straight away. So I think the car was, was feeling nice to drive. And then, you know, of course, we're, we're focusing mainly on the, the hybrid stuff today and then sort of helping Honda to, to really uh, get on top of those things and trying whatever they want. So that's the main priority. But of course, for me, being in a new team with new people is a great way to also start interacting and sort of building that relationship with the Olivier and the other people in the team. So, you know, that's obviously what I'm, you know, already working on. And, you know, my way of saying feedback, you know, every driver is different there, how they talk about the car. And uh, that process is obviously great that we can get started from, from today onwards.
It seemed like uh, a lot of the guys at Andretti Sport are really happy to to see you join the team. And how much do you just sense the rejuvenation that a new face brings to the operation? Yeah, I you know I feel really welcomed and really like like I said, it's, it feels like it's there a lot of excitement in the building. You know, not only for me coming there, but hopefully I'm a part of that excitement. But just you know everything that's happening in the team and you know the ambitions, the 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 goals the team has. You know, I think it's. Uh, it's a lot of good things happening there, so it's cool for me to join at a time where I feel like, you know, there's a lot of potential there. And over the next few years, it's going to be really interesting to see where that sort of takes us. So it's, it's going to be really cool to be part of that. And I, like I said, I've, I felt already from my first day there this week, you know, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of people are excited I'm there. So that's, uh, that's super cool. I mean, is it cool to get to know people like Colton Herta? I mean, you've raced against him, but now he's a teammate and you're going to get to know him a lot better than... You did when you were over in Assy. Yeah, and I mean, I know Colton and Cal a little bit from from before. Uh, both great guys and, and extremely good drivers. So I think you know the lineup we have, uh, you know, with us three is is super strong. So it's going to be fun to start working with them and sort of start learning from them, and then hopefully the three of us can push each other, uh, you know, to be better and better. It had been a full month since Erickson had been in an Indy car when he participated in a test at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He filled us in on what he did during his break. Uh, I did go back to Sweden and race in that Porsche, and my brother beat me again for the second round, the second year going. So you know, I'm I'm a bit pissed off about that still. Uh, but that was a good time. Uh, yeah, apart from that, yeah, it's been pretty. I went back to Sweden and Denmark for the last sort of three or so weeks for thinking it was going to be holiday, but pretty much every day was filled with different things to do. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to be back today in, in, in a race car and uh, yeah, felt at home straight away. The last time Ericsson changed teams was in the 2019 offseason when he left Aeroschmidt Peterson to join Chip Ganassi Racing. Is this team change any different? I think the biggest difference is just that I'm, a, I'm in a very different place, you know, as a driver now, you know, being a 500 winner and championship contender for the last three years. I think, you know, you come in with a different kind of respect from, from the people and, you know, not that I didn't have that in Ganassi, but of course, when I came to Ganassi, I was more like a green card, you know, no one really knew what, what I was going to bring and what level I was going to be at. So I think there was more of a question mark there, whereas here I'm coming into an organization that's really excited that I'm coming there and, you know, they're listening a lot to what I have to say already. And, and you know, I think they're very keen to sort of, uh, yeah, see what I can do in, in my role in the team. And, and, you know, that's one of the big parts that I'm excited about to be, you know, a leader and, and you know, come into the team and, and help them uh, move up and, and compete at the very top. It's always fun to get paid, right? Ericsson explained his thoughts on if the hybrid will change the strategy in IndyCar. I think it's going to come down to what the IndyCar decides in the end, you know, how, how much manual it's going to be, how easy it's going to be to region, how easy it's going to be to deploy and, and the length of all that. And it might be a case where, you know, we start off at some point, it's, you know, some level and then we have to tweak it throughout the season. That's, I think, I think it's going to be hard to sort of nail it from the first go. So I think it's going to be a little bit moving around with that throughout the, the, the season is what I'm thinking, because there is a lot of you know, power in that and we want to make it uh, so it's not like everyone is doing the exact same thing because then I think, you know, it's sort of, that would be a shame, I think. I think it's going to be, it would be really cool if there is a tool where you can, yeah, stand out compared to your competitors. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the hybrid is very new, so, you know, it's something that uh, you have to get used to. But for me, you know, 
I'm quite happy that we have the hybrid now because you know it means that hopefully I can get a few more days testing. If it was a normal year, you know, it's it would not have been much testing at all for me with a new team. So I think in that sense, it's yes, the focus here is to you know on the power unit on the hybrid, but still, you know, like I said, I can start that process of getting to know the people and they getting to know me, how I speak on the radio and how I describe the balance and and, and all that kind of thing. So. Uh, it's, it's definitely plus and minuses, but overall, you know, I'm, I'm just happy I can be in a in an unready car so early. Is it going to feel That's good worse. next year to beat a Ganassi car? <laughs> uh, I think it feels good to beat uh, any car. You know, uh, I have a lot of good memories from Ganassi, and I'm very thankful for you know for the time there, and we achieved tremendous things. Uh, but of course, you know, I want to beat everyone, including them. Uh, it's not going to be easy. They're very good, but uh, that's what we're working very hard to to do for sure. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We want to thank our guest, Colton Hurt of Andretti Global, two-time IndyCar champion Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, and 2022 Indianapolis 500 winner Marcus Erickson, who has moved over to Andretti Global, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guest helped make Pit Pass Indy Presented by Penske Truck Rental, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin. And final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.